How's it going? Today on the Black Tie Affair, Patrick and I discuss something called a grand jury and how that could potentially uh, impact ODT. We also think about our time together watching a film that has to do with infants and driving. And we get into our soapbox where we have conversations about when you're too old to do things and other such nonsense. Take a listen. Hey, welcome once again to the Black Tie Affair, the show where two friends talk about politics, pro sports, and pop culture. Kinda. I'm one of your hosts, Jelani, and to my left. Badrik. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what was that? Badrik. That's Arabic. If, if 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 we were in if we were in the anywhere in the Arab Peninsula, well, you know we'd have to even be in the country, in in, in any of the Arab countries. Just know that my name in Arabic, Badrik, with a B, Badrik. <laughs> Next <laughs> time you run across ISIS, because <laughs> all people who speak Arabic are ISIS. Wait a minute! Disclaimer! Disclaimer! That's not true. It's true. He was making a joke. It's <laughs> not true. We love Arabic people. We love all people. We love all people who speak Arabic. We love all, all people, people who don't in, speak Arabic in general. We love all people who are listening <laughs> to this podcast. That's what we like. And we were listening to episode twenty-four of the Black Tie Affair. Uh, to my left was my very problematic uh, co-host Patrick. Or Badrik. Slim Pickens. Yes, yes. It's getting, it's getting there. It's, it's getting there. I'm going to start calling you Patty Melt. <laughs> <laughs> see what comes next. Uh, yeah, so we are back once again. Thank you, everybody who always listens, who's brand new to listening. All you guys are our favorite, favorite people. And we're going to go ahead. What? I was going to say, no, I was going to say, shout out to people who keep reposting it. I mean, it, it, Every week, the moment it gets posted, people listen to it, boom, they repost it. So thank you. Much love. Shout out for all those other podcasters who are doing that consistently week after week and sharing it amongst your listeners as well. Yeah, we definitely appreciate that. We all work as a team, sharing love, sharing information, sharing values, just just sharing, sharing, sharing. All right, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our very first segment. not going to go ahead and uh, belay you with any uh, more of our, our little... All right, let's go ahead and uh, hit you. Things are happening way too fast, but let's go ahead and ask Patrick, what's new? Well, what's new in the world is shit's happening way too fast. Pretty quick. You know, I've mentioned this week after week. I think I've mentioned this quite a bit. I think it's my normal routine now to say things are moving really, really fast um, to a point where I cannot keep up with the news cycles. And I thought it was just me. I thought it was just our podcast because we only are here once a week. This is true. So we miss a lot of news. This is true. Or by the time we get to it, it's already old news. This is also true. It's it's called broke news at that point. Yes, yes. What we do is basically have our spin on the news that's already happened. Yeah, but it's happening more often than not. Like literally as I am talking, other news is probably happening that I want to report on. Not even report. I just want to tell people about what's going on. Um, so with that being said... I listened to two or three other podcasts this week, and they also said things are moving way too fast for them, too. Mm -hmm. So it gives me peace of mind knowing that we're not just behind. Just shit happening way too fast. Yeah. So go into more detail about this. So the first thing that happened too fast is the mooch got fired. 
I remember that guy. Who was that guy? The again? Mooch. Who was he, Jelani? Well, he was the guy that I, I'm almost certain we were talking about last week as somebody who was being appointed <laughs> to a job. That's he right. Was, he was going to start a job as comm director for the White House. That's right. And if I'm not mistaken, also, I was just a little research myself. His actual starting date was August 15th, which has mm-hmm. not happened yet. That's right. I think he, you know, he actually is the first um, White House staffer to get fired before he actually started. He's like Craig from Friday. He got fired on his day off. That's okay. So for those who you know need a real quick flashback, okay, remember President Trump named Anthony the Mooch Scaramucci to head of comms, uh, replacing uh, Press Secretary Sean Spicer. Now the Mooch spilled all this tea, went on a huge rant, right? Started going, uh, interviewing other folks, and well, actually getting interviewed and going on a complete uh, cuss rant, right? Yes. Dropping f bombs like it's nobody's business. Um, well. What ended up happening was that uh, Sean Spicer gets fired, right? And then when Sean Spicer leaves, who else gets fired? Chief of Staff, Ryan Priebus gets fired, mm-hmm. right? Because of the mooch. Yeah. And then, to do with it. and then right after that, the mooch gets fired because of the new Chief of Staff, John Kelly. Yes. Uh, it's uh, General John Kelly, whatever. That's right. He's former or he was a Homeland Secretary. Um, and then he got he got upgraded. He got promoted to be chief of staff. Isn't it kind of scary how many generals he's adding to his cabinet? It's kind of scary. It's like a situation where it's like a auto, auto top. Nah, well, I don't know. Some kind of uh, a situation where it's scary. But they have a lot of people who are in military in those positions of power. I'm just saying. Yeah, he actually the the, the word is that Trump actually respects the military generals a lot in terms of. Um, the way he acts around them, he tries to have more bravado and tries to kind of live up to their bravado. As a matter of fact, reports have come out from White House staffers that now that General Kelly is chief of staff, Trump is now starting to beef up his own um, knowledge on things. He's starting to remember facts and data and figures to, to kind of show that, hey, look, you know, um, I'm serious. That's so funny. It's petty, but it's that's, yeah. that's, uh, that, that's what you would expect of him. Yeah. So, um, no, before the Mooch left, he mm-hmm. started working already. There's yeah. actually an internal memo that was released that he sent out to the comms team. And I'm going to give you a highlight of what actually quoted because it was a strategy and plan to how to interact with the media and how to put basically a, a, a friendlier face on Trump. So it's quoted um, from this memo. It says, Comms, which is communications, need to humanize POTUS. POTUS is President of the United States. And burnish his image. For example, POTUS is the best golfer to serve as president. Perhaps we should embrace it with a national online lottery to play a round of golf with him or a charity auction. POTUS has a funny and irreverent side, which was shared with the electorate during the campaign. People are fascinated by the lives of presidents and the operation of the White House. POTUS is the greatest TV star in history. Communication should produce video content that consistently operates the president as the President Donald J. Trump show. This was his, his, his instructions for his new comm team. Did you get this from The Onion or something? No, this, this could have been real news, fake news. This could have been real news, fake news, and I would have erred on the side of fake news. That sounds like straight bullshit, but apparently it's true. That is absolutely true. What the hell? This And this is just an excerpt. There's actually a whole... You can go up and actually read his internal memo that was released. But saying stupid stuff like he's one of the best golfers, and also we should have a lottery so people can hang out with him. Like, oh, yes, that's what yeah. I really want to do. He wants, I mean, wouldn't you want to join a lottery to yeah. go and hang out with him? Yes, exactly. Of course I would. And also <laughs> to see his epic golf skills. I mean, come on. <laughs> He actually supposed to be a really good golfer. I don't care. <laughs> okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't ask. 
<laughs> All right. So I want to also bring up the way that Mooch got fired. So you know how we talked about last week how he's kind of this like this mafioso Brooklyn, New York type you know, gaudy type figure, right? Yeah, his hair is slicked all the way back at the big white teeth. Yeah. I yeah. Mean. So even the way he got fired was like very mafia-esque, right? <laughs> he got whacked. If you think he got yeah. whacked. So it's like, okay, so he comes in and he's like, you know, I'm coming in, you know, I'm like the enforcer now. So he goes and gets Sean Spicer killed. So he off Sean Spicer. Off of his head. Gone, right? And yeah. he comes back. He's like, you know what? I'm going to off you too, uh, uh, Ryan's Priebus, right? Chief of so I'm going to take you out too. Yeah. He takes him out to bring in John Kelly. And as he's shooting Ryan's previous, he turns around and said, John Kelly, here, it's your show. John Kelly goes, boom, and shoots him. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right because John Kelly's the one who got the mooch fired. <laughs> it's so stupid. Right? It's like... It was like he basically was Joe Pesci in like every movie That's what happened. Yeah. Exactly, that's exactly who it is. And, and then Trump's in the background like, you know, the uh, Godfather, like, ha, 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 ha. Look and at his, what I've And his name is Don. Look at that. That's crazy. It's, it's just... It's too much. It's just way too much. Too too much core. Uh, too much um uh, coincidence. Yes. Um. As a matter of fact, too, like you know, when you start a job, like you got to fill out paperwork. Right. You got to put things through. You got to like fill out forms. And I worked for the government for many years. So there's mm. a lot of forms. Yeah. A lot of incessant and, and ridiculous forms that takes weeks and weeks and weeks to get approved. The HR department. I got you. right. He hadn't even got his forms approved into the HR department. They were still going through shit. I was like, you know what, sir, you got to go. He's and over- Trump was so quick to be like, okay, fine, you got to go. Fine, I'm okay with that. I was like, what the fuck? He's like, wait a minute. I don't even know, like, do I have benefits? Like, no, you have nothing because no, you, you have don't nothing. work here. As a matter of fact, he sold his company, right? He sold his company and he divorced his wife yes. to come work. And now he has, like, nothing. That's actually low-key. Not even low-key. It's high-key fucked up. That's yeah. fucked up. But this motherfucker's a millionaire. So he, I mean, his company was worth like 42, 50 something million dollars. So this guy got, this guy got cheddar. I'm not worried about him. I wonder if his wife will come back. Mm, probably not. All right. All right. She got half the money. There, well, there you go. Right? All right. What's coming next? So, um, Moeller, you know, Robert Moeller. Bobby. Is trying to impanel people. Yeah. Not impale. Okay. In, 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 in panel, not in, impale. Impanel. In, in a panel of grand jury. Okay. What does that mean? Okay, so you ever heard of grand jury? Does it sound like like big shit, like a grand jury? It sounds like a jury that has like, worth a lot of gold. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like a K and then jury. That's what yes, it is. It's yes, a grand jury, exactly. Um, so shit just got real. I gotta tell you. Okay. Okay. So this is moving the because all this shit's happening with Donald. You know, we haven't talked about Don Jr. and all the Russian stuff, right? I mean, we had a segment that I was gonna talk about going to. His, I had like clips. Mm-hmm. I was going to this huge long. A narrative about uh, uh, Don Jr. Mm-hmm. But we don't got time because shit moves so fast. He's no shit longer moves important. So fast. He's no, no longer, longer important. important. So he's like a footnote, right? Go yeah. look him up, right? Go do your own research <laughs> and find out about what happened with Don Jr. Yeah, because it's a lot of shit. I mean, we can do an entire episode on it. So um, we thought that... Uh, so all this shit's going on with Don Jr. and all stuff that's going on with the Trump administration. You know, Robert Mueller's keeping track of all this stuff. And Robert Mueller's the FBI special prosecutor, special counsel, mm-hmm. right? Or Department of Justice special counsel that's kind of taking notes on everything. And mind you, his investigation can be broad-reaching. He can take it wherever he wants to go. A lot of people don't remember, um, but like with uh, Bill Clinton, for instance, it started with... Um, a little business dealing uh, called Whitewater. And then from then, it went on to to, to other smaller um, investigations and eventually creeped into Monica Lewinsky. That's how that happened. Yeah. So so it actually, it turned into, you know, it turned into this Monica Lewinsky thing from this small business dealing. So 
this special counsel, Rob Merle, has the ability to take this one little, hey, did Russia mess with our election? Did they have any collusion to basically where we're at now, which is looking at his family, looking at uh, his tax returns. It can go far, far, far. I got far. you. I got you. It's very broad-reaching. So the grand jury is very re- revealing. So the grand jury, um, well, first of all, it's a dedicated poll of 23 folks. Okay, They're charged with examining and subpoenaing documents, listening to witnesses' testimony, and ultimately deciding whether criminal charges will eventually be warranted. Now, grand juries for prosecutors, um, they help them in, a, in, in actually a lot of ways. They actually give the prosecutors tools and abilities to gather information, like... Um, when, when they call people to, to testify, they're under oath now. So if they lie, they can be charged with a crime. Perjury. Where, perjury, exactly. Like right now, um, because he hasn't subpoenaed people and they haven't testified, if they come talk to him uh, to a lesser degree, uh, if they lie, it wouldn't be lying under oath. It would be a lesser degree. So it puts uh, more official yeah. um, credibility to their testimony, more accountability. Um, grand juries typically fulfill a investigative and a charging function. So when it comes to investigating, the grand jury is granted the ability to subpoena documents and witnesses. But also, um, in most criminal investigations that are really complicated, federal prosecutors will go to grand grand jury to ask for other subpoenas to get documents that they normally wouldn't be able to get. Um, basically allow them to expand and give them more powers to investigate things. Um, and specifically with this one, Robert Mueller, um, his specific what he's doing is that uh, when his subpoenas are issued, it doesn't necessarily mean there's going to be an indictment, but it allows the prosecutor to sit there and interview people in wide, wide, broad areas. Okay. As and as, as a matter of fact, um, no grand jury has ever been impaneled and has not come out with an indictment. Whenever I get a chance to correct Patrick, I will take the opportunity, gladly. Patrick said whenever there has been a grand jury impaneled, an indictment has followed. And that's not technically the case. Merely impaneling a grand jury does not mean that Mueller will ultimately seek an indictment. Although, most grand jury investigations do result in someone being indicted. As reported in The New Yorker, although rare, some cases um, happen where special prosecutors seek an indictment, but are not granted one. In the Clinton email case, a grand jury was impaneled to issue some subpoenas, a fact that was only recently discovered, but it was never used to issue any indictments. To Patrick's point, though, most prosecutors will ask for an indictment at the end of the investigation, but when a prosecutor does seek an indictment, one is almost always returned by the grand jury. Back to the show. So every time a grand jury has been impaneled, an indictment comes out of it. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, goodness gracious. That's, that's, that's the, you know, it's like when like they have Italian food that's really, really good. Like, <laughs> yeah. mm, that's delicious. Mwah. Right. So um, also, and, and really the biggest part, and we'll, and we'll, you know, I want you to hear uh, uh, Jake Tapper talk, uh, talk about this okay. and what the impact is, is it basically lets folks know that. If there was nothing to see here, if there was just smoke and no fire, we would have moved on. We would not have impaneled a grand jury. But because we are, we have impaneled grand jury, now it means we're moving on to a second phase of the case, a larger, more broader, more definitive scope. 
So there's more there's more to this fire than just simply smoke. Yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah we could definitely listen to that clip in just a second. But you know what's funny? Real quick, is that when I'm on Twitter, right, I always hear people was like, "Oh yeah, that, that investigation's over. Nothing that came of it." It's like, no, son, the, he's still investigating. There's, Absolutely, there's not a situation that happens in a quick, fast, and hurry. To investigate, I have to go through a process. So yeah, that's why he's still out there in these streets looking stuff up. That's right. Let's listen to Jake Tapper. Let's take a listen. Yeah, the Wall Street Journal broke the news this week that Bob Mueller has been using a grand jury here in Washington, D.C. to investigate Russia's interference in the U.S. election, possible collusion. You just heard Chris Christie, a former prosecutor, uh, say that the, the coverage was uh, too breathless. You're a former federal prosecutor as well. What does this development tell you about the status of the investigation? What it tells me is if you look at the context we know from James Comey's testimony, before our committee that he opened a counterintelligence investigation last July. So that means one year later, rather than turning that investigation off, rather than concluding we've looked at this for a year, there's really nothing to see here, uh, as the president would claim. Uh, instead, uh, if these allegations are true, it's moving into a new phase with the impaneling of a grand jury. Uh, so that special counsel can subpoena witnesses and documents. Uh, that wouldn't be taking place uh, if there was really no evidence, no evidentiary basis to move forward. And, of course, we can see just in what's come out in the last month why that investigation uh, is, is probably closer to the beginning than the end with these emails about that Don Jr. meeting, three of the top Trump campaign people meeting with representatives of, of the Russian government, effectively, who are promising dirt as part of, quote, the Russian effort to help uh, your father, to help Donald Trump, uh, as well as clear intent uh, by the campaign, Don Jr. saying that he would love that kind of help. Uh, and now you add on the layer of the president, if these allegations are true, uh, help, helping to fabricate a false statement about what that meeting was about. So uh, I, I think it is a significant development, not particularly unexpected. Uh, Right? You can't read that this means that indictments are going to follow, but nonetheless, it does mean the investigation is not only not being turned off, but it is moving into a new phase. So, as you can tell, um, it is moving to the next phase, a more serious phase. And I just want to touch real quick on um, what, he's, what, what they talked about Don Jr. and Trump coming up with this story. So, not to go into the whole Don Jr. thing, because you guys that, that's your guys' homework. Homework. Um, is that... Uh, Don Jr., when it first came out that he met with this uh, Russian spy or this lawyer, okay, um, the story was that he met with him because they were on, they, he, he, he met with them and then immediately they started talking about adoption and that um, they ended up going away, right? Um, they ended up uh, uh, making up a new story, okay? Now, the story all along about Trump's involvement was that he had no idea this was happening, mm -hmm. okay? Um, that the story was just Don Jr. himself. It was isolated just to him. Well, it ends up being reported this week that Don, uh, the president, was actually part of making up and fabricating that story. So they were all sitting in a room together and they were talking about how to explain to the press what happened. Uh, Ivanka Trump was reported as saying that she wanted to have full disclosure and just give the emails and just let, just let the just just be done with it and let everything out. The president stepped in and over over uh, rode that decision. Said no, let's tell him that it was a story about adoption, and that was an awful story because they had to turn on the very next day and actually release the emails and do you know what Ivanka wanted to do in the beginning. But the fact that we know that Trump's involvement in it goes to show. 
if there wasn't anything nefarious about it, why the fuck did you lie about him exactly. involving exactly being there? Yeah. And why does he have such a huge interest in, in trying to fabricate a story for his son? Yeah. And the White House did not deny that this was the case. Did not deny. So that's important to know because um, you wouldn't lie about, you wouldn't get so involved um, in something if you didn't have something to lose. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing to hide, and you wouldn't. Yeah, you'd lay all your cards out on the table. So there's still there's something happening. There's something weird going on in these hills. And and one last thing about the Mueller investigation is that Mueller actually has this huge legal team. Right, we talked about that before. How he added a sixteenth lawyer to his fucking team. Okay, and this sixteenth lawyer, his name is Greg Andres. Um, he's most recently a white collar criminal defense lawyer. Um, and he served actually at the justice of the the Justice Department for two years. Uh, he was a deputy assistant attorney general in the criminal division where his expertise was the fraud unit and managed a program that targeted illegal foreign bribery. So he knows his shit. Yeah, about foreign bribery. Yes, which is what we're basically worried about right now. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. So, 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 what about, uh, it is so much, actually. I can't deal with it. That's Russia again. Yeah, it is Russia. It's Russia. You know what's funny? all the time. I actually saw a tweet earlier talking about the fact that a lot of bipartisan senators are putting together stuff to make sure that nothing can happen to Bob Mueller. Just to kind of protect him from being fired because like it's gotten to a point where it's like, remember when Lindsey Graham? Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Lindsey Graham's involved in it. It's so crazy. It's like, we have this, like... (laughs) We're basically watching The Godfather in real life. It's really kind of weird. This yeah. is actually all happening. Like, all these smoke and mirror. Like, it's so crazy. Right. And, and you know what's crazy about this, too, is that this is, like, actual case studies for, like, political scientists. I mean, we are watching new ground being broken because no one has ever challenged um, the authorities of the presidency and, more importantly, the authorities of the Congress in checking the president like we have with Trump. I've never seen this before so much. And speaking of checking... Um, Trump recently signed a Russian sanctions bill. Mm-hmm. Did you hear about this? No. So uh, the Congress has been trying to put sanctions on Russia for a long time now because of their interference in our elections. Mm. There was a bipartisan bill that passed overwhelmingly in the Senate. I think it was like 99 to to um, uh, uh, to 1. Who was that one person, I wonder? Well, they do that because the 99 to 1, they do that one. McConnell's or the leaders, who's the one who votes um, no on it because it's some, it's some weird, um, it's some weird uh, parliamentary process that like if, if they vote against it, it allows them to make changes or something to it just in case they need to. Oh. So it's some weird thing, but um, uh, he has to vote the other way. Um, so anyways, uh, it was basically unanimous in the Senate, and it got overwhelming support by both parties in uh, in Congress. While Trump had came out from the beginning and said he does not want this fucking sanctions bill to pass. It basically puts more and harsher sanctions on Russia. And sanctions work in Russia. Yes. I mean, they really cripple. We really crippled that economy and crippled that government ability to actually perform. And, and because the economy is not doing well, thus, Poon doesn't do well. Yes. So, anyways... Um, Trump was totally against it. The Congress said, screw you, Trump. We're going to override you. Passed it overwhelmingly enough to actually override a veto that Trump had no choice but to fucking sign the bill. Okay, so, all right. So he signed it under duress, basically. He did sign it under duress because it's one of those things that, look, man, like, they got the votes to beat you. 
you veto it, they're going to come back. You either want you either want it to pass with your endorsement on it or take the political flack for going against Congress. Yeah. Against your own Congress. Yeah. Right? And so he's like, I, I have to fucking, I have to fucking sign it. I know. It's so funny because like he still thinks he's some kind of king. Like you can't just do whatever. Like there are checks and like you mentioned before, yeah. checks and balances. Like it's, it's, it's hilarious. There's this like one, uh, you know, I love the movie, uh, The American President. And there's this one scene. Right, that has Michael J. Fox in it, and no, not I'm sorry, it's not the American president. It's West Wing. It was in West oh, Wing. Oh yeah, show. yeah. Like they're, they're, Mr. President, they they want to hear you, and then talk about sand, and they'll eat the sand or something like that. Yeah, no, no. I mean, yes, that's the American yeah, president. They're, they're, that's so, they're, they're so thirsty for hope they'll eat sand or like that. Yeah, it's like a, that's not the one I want to talk about. But okay, <laughs> it's a it's a weird quote. Yeah, but it's a weird quote. But he says something like, um, you know, if uh. Um, Mr. President, if you don't, you know, if you veto this um, piece of legislation, um, or if you don't veto this piece of legislation, it'll show that you're weak, right? And he's all, if um, if I don't veto this and they pass it, I'm already weak. Like, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm still going to, they have the votes to pass this already. Does that make sense? Yes. Or did I confuse? You can have no. a confused look on no, your face. No, I had a confused look. I'm trying to figure out what movie it's from. <laughs> to, no, the, the, yeah, no, no. It is from the West Wing. Uh-huh. But he's basically saying, like, um, if I cannot, if, if, if I can't, because they're still trying to get the votes, right, to try to basically say, hey, look, don't vote against this. And they're racking up votes, and they get to a point where they're like, Mr. President, like, if you lose this vote, um, it's going to show that you're weak. Yeah. He's all, it's going to show that I'm weak anyways if they pass his vote. So when you're in a precarious situation like the president is, where it's like you don't have the, you, you, you've, you've got outvoted by the Congress, you might as well go with it because you're going to look weak eye, uh, either way. That makes perfect sense. Also, he looks weak all the time. Yeah, he does. Remember what Peggy, Peggy Newman was saying Lim. about him? Yes. So um, just real quickly, the Russian sanctions, what it's going to do is some of the fine print says, number one is Trump cannot just remove or edit sanctions, okay, without Congress. He can't sign it and say, you know what, I'm just, I was lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They literally put that in. They say, you know what, we're going to put a line in here that says that you can't just arbitrarily do it, okay? Um, And then the next thing it's going to do is it's going to attack on a few more sanctions with North Korea and Iran. Let's just throw them back. I mean, they're two, right? Because we hate them too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing is, um, like I said, uh, substantially, it just shows that this GOP Congress is willing to stand up against their own president. I mean, it's pretty astounding within six months. I mean, you don't usually do that. Yeah, because they know what's going on. The writing is all the way on the wall. All the way. Yeah. Big, bright letters. Like, hey, this dude is a weirdo. So something else I want to talk about. What? Don't talk about this. I want to move past Trump a little bit. Okay, but don't talk about this. <laughs> so I want to... Lonnie... Don't bring this up. Affirmative action. Yes. It's a very polarizing word. It, it really shouldn't be right. at this point. Well, in the 90s, it was like this big old thing, okay. right? Okay. That, 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 that was the 90s. That was 20 so, years ago. It's coming back. It's coming back into the scene, Jelani. Can, can, can you explain to folks real briefly what, what your interpretation of affirmative action is so people have understanding? Okay. Well, my interpretation of it is that in order to have, um, well, essentially, with, especially with schools, all right, probably business as well, but especially with schools, to have a more diversified, um, what's, the, what's the situation when you have, like, uh, uh, not electorate, obviously, um, and a more diversified student body. Sure. That's what I was looking for. They have a more diversified student body. When you have applicants that are both have the exact same criteria, 
yes. as far as like what they're like, how smart they are and on paper grades, on paper exact same criteria. But one might be a person of color, one might need not not be, and you can only get one in. You would basically typically go for the person of color through affirmative action. That's my understanding of it because, like I said before, it's to diversify because typically what happens is the absolute reverse typically happens. They're both good on paper. It's like, well, I'm going to go with John Smith versus Kamal Washington. <laughs> right. Yes. That's absolutely correct. And so it, 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 it allows to account for subjective things. Yes. Right? Like history, like where your narrative is, mm-hmm. right? And it provides that. As a matter of fact, it's been around since the 60s um, in terms of these policies. It's it, It's been not only... Um, employed in schools like you were talking about, also employed in businesses, Mm -hmm. okay? While the Department of Justice came out and said that they are planning to investigate and sue colleges um, if they used affirmative action to discriminate against white applicants. You know, white people have it so tough. It's so tough. It's really, so struggle. Yeah. Like, Historically, we get made. White people get made fun of the way they dance, right? They made that they get made fun of the way they dress. Exactly. When it's some, tough. When something's crazy, people will say white people. They, that's, that's what. They, what yeah. That's, that's, that's a that's a pejorative. Like Donald Trump is white, so you're like immediately connected associated with, to, him. Associated yeah. with him. Well, he's just more of an orange, but still. <laughs> yeah, but it's like white people have it really hard. It's bad. So the Trump administration is trying to help with that difficultness of white people. That makes sense. Okay, so um, so I'm gonna just read you a couple of things that his supporters say. Okay, they say that it's uh, long overdue. Definitely. Um, and it says because affirmative action is no longer an effective way to get the best people in the door. And that, it, I mean, it can lead to discrimination to other groups. Um, white which, folks are wh- getting at... Wh- which groups? <laughs> which groups are these other groups? There are other groups out there. That are being discriminated against? Yeah. Based on affirmative action? Okay. Like, like white folks. So, well, white folks are just, you know, you can't really blame them. Or the Trump administration is trying to get a head start. Right, because in 2060, it's estimated that white folks are going to be in the minority, so they're just getting a head start. They're just they they already see it coming. Yes, and so now they're going to do the reverse affirmative action. <laughs> Wait, that's actually brilliant. That makes sense. Right, it's just but, forward thinking. That's all it is. Well, you shouldn't do it now. Wait, wait, wait a little while longer. But I now now I'm completely on board because that sounds uh, pretty scary. I understand. So speaking of white people. Oh, goodness. Okay, I just want to let you know, do not go to Missouri. <laughs> I wasn't planning on Don't go to Missouri. I wasn't planning on but why should I not go? Don't. I, don't, I can't even think of... I, I Before I wrote this, or before I started writing this story into the segment, I was thinking, what the fuck is in Missouri? St. Louis is in Missouri. Nellie's from Missouri. So, if unless you have a dire need to go to St. Louis or go visit Nellie, there's really shouldn't no need to go into Missouri. I think Nellie can find me, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's a story. The NCAA... Um, oh, NCAA, the NCAA, the NCAA, NCAA, that is basketball. Even I know, I know that. I'm in sports. Even I know that. I'm in that sports. That's the wrong thing. Who are yeah. these people? The, Get your acronyms the right. NAACP. Yes. Okay, which stands for? The, uh, oh, snap. The National Association for the Advancement of Color People. There you go. Um, they issued a travel advisory. Not not to another country, Jelani. Not not to like Iran or Iraq or Syria um, but to the state of Missouri, okay, it warned minorities about the dangers of traveling through that state. This is the first time the organization has ever put out a warning like that. So they basically said, hey, black people, it's too racist in Missouri. In the, the whole state. The entire state of Missouri. The entire whole state. Don't you fucking go to Missouri, This God is damn it. 2017. Yeah, you better have your passport ready. Because it comes in response um, to a state law that was passed earlier this year. 
um, that requires anyone suing a company for wrongful termination because of discrimination to prove that was explicit reason why they were fired. So there's a lot of weird history behind this law. It sounds like it's just a small business law. Um, but prior to this, workers just had to prove it was part of the reason. So let's say, for instance, someone got fired. They just had to prove that it was partly, it was like other things too, the reason why they were wrongfully terminated, but race was a part of it. This law said that no, yeah, you have to, if you got fired, it has to be all encompassing. That has to be the entire reason why, not anything else. So the NAACP is calling this a Jim Crow law. Um, there's been other incidences um, that include ra- a racial attacks on um, University of Missouri campus, racist attacks, um, and risky for a lot of stories and reports about minorities just being literally physically attacked in uh, in that state. As a matter of fact, that Missouri branch of the NAACP said that they, they put this advisory out in June, but just recently the national office is also adopting it. That's horrible. It's awful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely horrible. Yeah, it's a story that would not go noticed. All right, well, please give me to another story. So here's some good news. Okay, please. I need Trump to, is I on need... fucking vacation. Yay. Okay, so he gets... He, he can't break anything for a minute. He can't, not not a little bit. I mean, he's still the president, so he can still do shit afar. And, and he could still Twitter, so... Um, but uh, he's getting a 17-day week, a 17-day break. Um, as a matter of fact, in part, the White House says because there's some renovations being done at the White House. So he's not going to be able to stay there. Um, but also, um, you know that he, you know, during the campaign, he bitched so much about Barack Obama and how, how, how many vacations that Barack Obama takes. I know, like, like almost twice a year. That's terrible. Yeah, that's, and, that's, and, and, and like, I think we did like, a, you know, we talked about a few weeks ago, right, about how many times he's gone golfing. Okay, so I decided to look up some of the stats. Oh, and you know recently that Trump, in front of like some other of his rich friends, called the White House a dump? Like, it was reported by several reporters that said that they heard him at a party who was talking to some of his friends, and he was basically saying, like, hey, you know, the White House is pretty, it's pretty, pretty dumpy place. It's not well, really there's right. not a whole bunch of gold statues or gold yeah. toilets. I mean, like, the real classy stuff, you know? Yeah, the real, real, the real gaudy good, stuff. No, no, not gaudy. This is, this is class. This is class <laughs> right here. Pristine. So, Donald Trump, okay, um, in his, in the first 196 days as president, okay, let's just compare the last couple of presidents, okay? Um, George W. Bush, okay? This 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 day in presidency had sixty seven days away. Oh, see, he was uh, doing a whole lot of. Oh yeah, he's like he spent sixteen uh, visits to his Texas ranch. Um, he had thirteen visits uh, to Camp David. He had one visit to uh, uh, Kennebunkport in Maine. Um, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. fucking lazy guy, right? Exactly, fucking lazy dude. Shiftless. Twenty one days he had away. One to visit Chicago. Okay, um, uh, eight to visit uh, Camp, Camp Davis specifically of those, you know, of uh, of those twenty one. What about the all the ones that were unreported though? Because you know he's a liar. Well, he had some. What were the unreported days? Well, so let's take a look at. He Trump. had CNN in his pocket, so he had unreported days. Don't worry about <laughs> Mr. Trump. Well, you're gonna know what really is going on. Go ahead. What What did he do? Go ahead. So Trump decided to do Obama better the first hundred ninety six days. He decided to double Obamas. Okay, away from office, forty one days away from the White House. 41 days, um, seven visits of, of, of those 41 days, seven visits of them were to Mar-a-Lago. Uh, one visit was to Camp David and four visits were to his New Jersey golf club, golf resort. That fool likes to golf. Like, All the fucking time. Likes to golf. All the fucking time. So before he starts fucking pointing fingers at Barack Obama and him, he being lazy and what I would say syph- 
shiftless. Shiftless. Yes. Um, he needs to take a fucking look at him, and he's a fat fuck too. Like he's I don't, really I don't, like uh, not. And not we're not like, body shaming anyone else, but we are body shaming him. He's just not like he's like the anti like health yeah. figure. Yeah. Like he and like Barack Obama, you saw him always jogging. He's still like playing jogging. basketball yeah, there, and like, like you know, other yeah, 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 Check me out, baby. Yeah. At exactly. least Bush is out like clearing brush. Yeah, he was something active brush and versus. Because, all right, with golf, not to say the same thing about, about golfing, but the only actual physical aspect of it is the swinging. Because you don't walk around. You're not, no. You're in a car that takes you yes. around the, the yeah. little golf course. Then you plant yourself. Yes. You pick your little nine iron and you swing. And you're like, all right, there it is. Let's go. Get yeah. back in the car. Professionals, actually, professional golfers will walk. But not these guys get in their car and they just walk, walk around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like that's how you're able to stay, keep your shape, as it were. <laughs> Keep your shape. I'm hilarious. All right, I'm done. You're done? You're all set? It's a wrap, sir. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. I'm glad that segment's over. We can go ahead and jump right into the next segment. Let's go ahead and hear that weekend wrap up. So I guess I'm going first, right? Of course. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, you talked a whole lot in this type of situation to give me all these sad stories that I have to listen to. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm going ahead and bring it back with the light. The light that is my weekend. So first things first. A friend of mine, homeboy who uh, I hang out with on occasion, who I've known for very, very, very many years. He was like, oh, dude, we're going to be in L.A. Come by. Now, I had some plans later on to go to... Claremont again, but I was like, oh, before this happens, let me go ahead and hop on down to LA and see what's happening with my friend. So I get there and it's a bar that's right next to Dodger Stadium. You'll know Dodger Stadium because you know yeah. baseball people. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I go into this bar and it's empty as shit. It's like, it's, you can see, you can tell that it's a bar that is used to hosting a whole lot of stuff. It had like a little dance floor in there. And I could, I'd never been there before, but I actually had been in that neighborhood before because i used to deliver um liquor for saucy uh-huh uh shameless plug i was in that neighborhood a lot of times uh beforehand but i never actually walked into this particular bar it's called the shortstop a lot of people may actually already know it real cool bar drinks are not expensive had a more than a couple drinks that were like probably like four dollars each or whatever that's good yeah and what happened is like like i said before it's right next to the dodger stadium so after the baseball game ended or right before like the seventh inning or whatever that's when everybody got into um the bar like everybody was in there oh, at that wow. point like people were like crowded like oh wow okay because before like nobody we were just me and the bartender just talking it just and, and filling and up. Friend, it just filled it up but by that time we had been there for a couple of hours so we we're like all right we'll go ahead and leave we're gonna get out of here but it's funny that when i decided to get ready to leave so i can go down to claremont and have my other thing i was gonna do I check my bill. Now, mind you, I had four drinks, three PBRs, and one PBR with a shot of Jack. Okay. All right. I don't know what that shot was called. I mean, what is it, that, that, <laughs> that combination is called something. I don't know what it's called, but I had that combination. Altogether, I should have paid about $20 for my entire time there. Not bad. Not bad at all. But when I got my receipt with my name on it, it said that I owed them Four dollars. Oh my gosh! Yes. Winner, 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 winner. Exactly. And I, my friend was like, she was standing next to me, she was like, dude, it's like, did they not charge? I was like, I guess not. But that's what I'm signing for. 
oh, sign wow. for it. I was like, all right, see you later. Yeah, you got to go. Soon. Yeah, I had to get out of there. And so after that, left, went down to Claremont, saw Hand, and apparently we were going to go watch a movie. I didn't know this, actually. Okay. Like, I get there, and she's like, oh, we're all going to watch a movie. All right, cool. I guess we're watching the movie. So her and her friends, we all walk up to the movie theater, and we go watch The Big Sick. Have you, have you heard of this? I did. It's with that Indian dude. Wow. First of all, he's Pakistani. Oh, yeah. Don't get those confused. Yes. Actually, there's a, there's a segment in the movie that clarifies that, you know, India is right next to Pakistan, but they're different countries, and that's like... Oh, not, it's like long-time hatred. Yeah. We're not, and we're not Canadian, so same thing, you know? Anyway, uh, it's a really, really good movie. I it's heard it's a good movie. Incredibly good movie. Like, and it like follows like the real life story. Uh, well, for the most part, obviously they added some additional jokes and like that. But it's a real life story of how he met his wife. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, cute. Yeah, but it's a romantic comedy. But it's just funny because like there's a segment of the romantic comedy because like romantic comedies for the most part follow the exact same beat. Sure. This one turned all those things on its head. In fact, there's one really large section of the movie where. One of the components of the romantic comedy, one of the people who are in the couple, are gone from the sh- from the movie for like a like at least thirty to forty minutes, like entirely gone. Oh wow! Yeah, it was like so it throws things on its head. So like the things that you would think are going to happen in a romantic comedy do not happen the way they typically would. So it's really really cool, and I really really enjoyed it. After we left the movie theater in that exact same shopping mall, or I saw this little comic book store called a shop called Quest. I follow this comic book store in Whittier it's no it's not in Whittier oh okay there is a comic book store and that one's called just no it's no it's not called shop called quest oh, what's it called no it's called um issues or something like that oh, okay sorry they're just making things up i would this, this is my weekend i will tell you where i was <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> anyway i said I, I follow them on instagram they actually have three or four different um locations went there and that comic book store was so dope. I liked everything in there. There was a lot of different Jokers. I know you know that I, I collect Joker toys, Joker figures, and yes. they had a lot of new ones that I didn't see before, so I was really impressed by that. Um, after we left there, I was like, all right, cool, cool, cool. Chilled out, and then the very next day, after we had watched the movie and watched the comic books and stuff like that, the very next day, we got ready because we were going to go and have brunch. Oh, your favorite thing. Yes, but here's the thing. This brunch was at someone's house. It's gonna be prepared for us. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so we went. That sounds to, fun. Yeah, so we went to one of hands, uh, her her friends who was going to prepare the brunch for us. We get there, we're like, all right, cool. We're like, bam, we kind of chilled out for a little while to make sure the brunch was ready. And we get there, and she was like, "Well, I'm gonna need your help because brunch isn't ready." Okay, what? No, which is actually ended up being really really fun because what happened was we all were contributing to creating the brunch. Now the brunch had a theme. Oh, okay. It had a stout theme. So if you're going to get beer, you probably want to get a stout. You know, it's going to go pair well with all the food items that were going to be created that day. So what we had was we had waffles with, they were like waffle made, I mean, uh, uh, waffle iron waffles. So they were like legit wow. waffles. So you made the batter, poured into the waffle iron, flipped that motherfucker, waffle pops out. Eggs, um, rainbow carrots that were barbecued. We had skewers with mushrooms and, and, uh, What's the oh. thing? Uh, um, uh, squash. So it's a DIY brunch? Kind of, but we cooked everything. All of us were working together to make okay, everything. Okay, wait. Was it? It was at a house. At right. House. Why Why did... I thought I, I thought someone was going to prepare it for you. Yeah, no. What happened was she was like... The, the host was yeah. preparing most of it. 
She was absolutely. She was oh, oh, so it was like a private caterer. It's not mm-hmm. like you had a private team that went out there no, and did no, all no, this. No, 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 no. Oh. It was her own house. She was doing it. She was cooking for us. But oh, because there was okay. so much, she was like, oh. let's go ahead and all work together. And I was like, cool. So we ended up basically being oh, the sous okay. chefs. We were the sous chefs. I thought it was part of something you guys planned because that'd be a good idea. With, uh, no, we just happened upon it. That's, That's cool. It, yeah, but we ended. It, it, it was fun though. Like, it, like it was engaging. Like, I felt like I got my hands dirty. I was like, all right, cool. I'm uh, chopping up squashes and stuff, and putting yeah. it on the skewers, and throwing it in the barbecue, and picking it back up. Okay. Yeah, we actually had some tomato that I didn't know you could do this. You basically get tomato, scoop it all out, the little um, chunks inside, and so they're like little bowls. Yeah. Cook those on the barbecue, and then okay. go back and get the stuff you you scooped out and pour back inside after you put some seasoning inside of it, and like a little soup. It's, it's all the stuff was delicious. Like there was really a lot of inventive things that we were eating mm. that day. It was great. It was great. That was a lot I, of work. I, it wasn't that much work. Okay. It wasn't that much work. I mean, a lot more work than just sitting and eating. Well, <laughs> comparatively. Because as I'm going to brunch, it's like a buffet. Okay. The only thing I gotta do is pick up the plate. All right. Drop well, the food I, on. I had to do more than pick up a plate. You're right. Yeah, because yours kind of like a blue ribbon thing. Like, I, yes, that's a lot it of was like a blue ribbon. Thing. I don't like blue ribbon that much. Because of the cooking part of it. Because cooking is tiring. <laughs> You're freaking lazy. Eating is not eating is not very tiring I think or exhausting. Eating has a benefit that you can feel immediately. That's what the actual thing is. It's not the fact. There's no work involved with that, but you just feel the benefit immediately with eating. True, true. All right, so what was up with your weekend? What happened with you? So my weekend, um, John, you know what the Drew League is? Have you heard about what the Drew League is? It's like a, no, what the hell is the Drew Damn, League? Damn, that should have been one of my, why don't you, you know this? Of course, huh? why, would I, why would I know that? The Drew League. So the Drew League, if you ever heard of Rucker Park? Yeah, that's in New York. That's in New York. What what is Rucker Park, Jelani? Rucker Park is a park. It's in New York. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is a park in New York, but it's a basketball park. I mean, it's you, a park that has a basketball in it. Okay. A, more, a, lot of, a lot of parks but, have that. Yeah. You to clarify but, but, further. But Rucker Park is a famous basketball park. Yeah, they have a lot of street ball that happens there. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So the closest thing we have to a Rucker Park... and. Um, is the Drew League. Oh. So, well, actually, Rucker Park is a famous basketball court, right? And every year they have, like, a Rucker Park League, right? Yeah. And they have professionals and they have amateurs go and play in this league, mm-hmm. right? So the closest thing we have in the West Coast to a Rucker Park is the Drew League. Okay. And the I'm Drew following. League is ha- happens at King Magnet High School, Drew King Magnet High School in South L.A. Um. And this league is a pro-am league, which is a professional and amateur league. So you have pros and amateurs playing in the same team together. Well, last Saturday, I got to see um, some amateur, I mean, some pros come out to play. Oh! So the, so it's free, first and foremost. You just got to, you know, get there early. Um, uh, secondly, it's a, uh, it's a, it's, it's in a gymnasium. So it's much more intimate. Um. And you get to see NBA players come and play. And it's them playing against other and sometimes other NBA players or other amateurs like former uh, like for, foreign players or like uh, college players will come on and play. So it's an awesome time to see all your these stars that come on and see them in kind of a more informal atmosphere. So last Saturday, I got to see James Harden and CP3. Oh, wow. Because, you know, they're now a part of the same team. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to see Julius Randle from LA Lakers, DeMar oh, okay. DeRozan, yeah. Swaggy P, and Dwayne Wade even showed up. Oh. And they were like, it was great because ESPN actually broadcasted live. They're their sports center. Um, the games, there's like seven games throughout the whole day. The first game starts at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. First game starts at 10 a.m. and then it's like maybe 40, like 35 minutes per game. They didn't play till 6 p.m. 
So um, I got to tell you, when I arrived there, I got there like at 930 because the doors open. No, I got there like at 915. Doors open at like 930, 940. Mm, okay. First game's tip-off is at 10 a.m. There was a line going around the building already when I first arrived. Um, they let everybody in who was in the line. Um, tell me why at about 1130, they were full capacity. They were these guys are not good. Oh, and Russell Westbrook was supposed to play, but he ended up uh, not showing up. Uh, but tell me why the game wasn't until six p.m. But by eleven thirty, the gymnasium closed out maximum capacity. Damn. Well, there are a lot of fans people playing, so I mean, I guess that makes sense. And I have a fucked up story to tell you. My friend, um, who actually, uh, I you know, I was there early. Yes. So I got my seats. Oh. She had texted me. Um, she had texted me, um, hey, I'm on my way. Can you save us some seats? And I said, okay, well, yeah, I'll go ahead and, you know, uh, save what I can. Yes. Well, she ended up lagging and people started walking in. Yeah. Well, she says, um, it's around 1040. And I said, hey, where are you at? She's like, oh, um, we, we just left to get food. But they stopped by and they didn't see a line. Because once they opened the gate, they let everybody in. So there really wasn't a line. From about 20 minutes, there wasn't a line. Yeah. You know, there was like this lull. I had enough time to even go back to my car. Mm-hmm. Well, check this out. She she drives past, sees that there is no line, thinks she has time to go get food, goes and has uh, go, goes and gets food, and she's like, oh, we're just finished eating and now we're heading back. Wait, you didn't just grab it? You went to, you went to actually she enjoy it? She went to it? go eat. Eat, because you could bring food inside. She wanted to go fucking eat. And guess what happened when she came back? I know what happened. There was a fucking line when she came yes. back. And you know what they said? They're not letting anybody else yes. in. And they never did at that point. Yeah. She waited in line from 1130 all the way till about 540. The whole fucking day she waited. And she never got in. <sighs> she never got in, fucking Lonnie. That's sad. That's sad. But Imagine that. She was texting me the whole time, like, what's going on? I'm like, they're not letting nobody in. That's what's going on because people who are in there were not gonna leave. Yes, they fucking got there early to spend the entire day there. Yeah, that, that's what their plan was. So then no one's yeah. leaving until yeah, no after the game's there's over. No replacement. Like, oh yeah, well there's I'll no. go out and you come back. No, yeah, no, that's. Mm. But the anyways, Drew League, the Drew League, okay. it's dope. Love it. It's one of the great things we have here in LA. So excellent, excellent. Well, I guess we can go ahead and move further into sports since you already started. <laughs> well, I like that segue. That was pretty yeah, smooth. It's that was pretty right smooth. in there. Let's go ahead and jump into that. Pros in different area codes. So again, it's still a little bit of a lull. But this is okay. like, like I I just saw the baseballs. So the baseballs. Well, 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 baseballs happening. Yeah, I saw that. Baseballs are kind of the only thing that is happening. I saw that at the shortstop, the bar. Yeah, they had they had somebody swing the bat. <laughs> I that but it's weird because it, it doesn't. These are like kind of semi meaningless games because in the middle of the season, it's like I mean it's starting to get important because you get into September October, but it's not like it's just kind of okay. It's just on, you know. Oh, it is there. It's middling in the you know. Wait a minute. When you keep going to your stuff, I might actually have something to actually. I relates to it relate to this yeah so i just want to let you know for those who are listening i know there's different baseball fans and teams around there but we are in los angeles and the la dodgers lonnie are doing fee fucking nominal right now Ooh. they are you know that they are favored to win the world series bleeding blue that's how good they are as a matter of fact they've only lost one game in their last 10 games that they that's nine wins <laughs> yeah i'm glad you could do math mm-hmm. they're doing fantastic dodger blue in the house 
follow it, Lonnie. Some of you keep keep track of for those who are you may not be Dodger fans, but know that Dodgers are on a fucking tear right now. Got you. Real quick before you keep going, um, what I was trying to say is and this is a video game related, obviously, but in Overwatch, yes, that game, um, there are two segments of the game you can play. You can play just a quick play, which happens all the time. Doesn't really mean anything. It's like like you said, like the the season that doesn't matter that much, and then there's competitive season. Yeah, when you play competitive season, that's what for all the marbles. You guys where you have a rank where you actually are fighting for something. Where people are like, okay, this is how far you've gotten. This is how good you are at the game based off of your playing in the rank version of the game. And the seasons only last like two months at a time or something like that, and then they stop and they go on break, and you have to go to the next season. So that's when people are like, oh, I gotta play competitive, and you can get rewards for it and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I see your point. That's exactly my point, except yeah. not as geeky or nerdy. Shut up. Just not as geeky as nerdy. Baseball playoffs and is not as dorky as what you just said, but yes, if it, you, if, 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 if it helps you, if it helps you understand sports, I gotcha. Whatever. Um, so John Jones fought last week uh-huh. versus Cor- uh, Cormier. Did you watch it? I did not, but I know there was a sick kick. Yeah, uh, John Jones kicked him in the face, <laughs> like video game status. Kicked him right in the face. I think you've done it to me in the video game. Like kicked right in the face. <laughs> yes. Knocked him out. Um. Cormier was like kind of like dazed and confused, and they had, they had to stop the fight. Um, it was crazy because uh, uh, Cormier, when he lost, he was like crying. I mean, I guess I mean yeah, it's, you get very passionate and you get very emotional about it. But he was like a grown man, this big dude, like crying in the middle of the ring, saying, "I don't know, you know, I talk all this shit, you know, like, you know, this isn't really rivalry because he's beat me twice already. <laughs> like, this is this is not a rivalry. Like, he kicked my ass." He said that? He said that while well, Joe Rogan asked him. They said, so what do you think they say of this rivalry? He's like, well, he beat me twice. <laughs> so. Um, Am I really his rival? Yeah, but John Jones is back. So UFC, watch out. Like, this guy's a fucking monster. Stay off the drugs, John. Come on. Come on back now. Yeah. And last thing I got to tell you is football's coming back. It's trumping its way back, Lonnie. It's storming. Don't, it's coming for you. Don't use trumping in any okay. other way, shape, or form. That word is it, reserved it, for something else. It's marching its way back. Football preseason, first game just happened. First game just happened, Lonnie, preseason. Mm-hmm. Cowboys versus Cardinals. Cardinals lost 18 to 20. Um, preseason doesn't mean very much. Just a way, just basically a glorified practice game. Yes. Um, but just a sign, Jelani. It's coming. It's making its way down. Yeah. Go sports. Go, go sports. <laughs> go ahead and get into our next segment. Patrick, why don't you know this? Why don't you know? Why don't you know? All right, Jelani, we're going to continue with the sports theme here. Damn it. Okay. I got a question for you, Jelani. I'm going to jump right into it. Okay. You may or may not know this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and err <laughs> on the side of may not. Who is Neymar and why did he make global sports news? He sounds like a comic book character. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll let you know that right now. Uh, but let me go ahead and see what I'm going to go. I'm, this is me pulling shit right Just completely out of my ass. Think about it. Because I do not know. Uh, is Neymar, is he a soccer player who... Won something that no one else has won before. I'm taking, okay. I'm taking, I'm taking old stories and piecing them together okay. to make it into something that would possibly make sense. Okay. And you also, you only have one name, so he's probably like a soccer player. Yeah. Is he at least a soccer player? He is a soccer player. So yes. you got half of it right. Yes. You got half of it right. Um, so Neymar is a soccer player. Uh, he's actually one of the world, world's best soccer players. Um, he is a teammate of Lionel Messi. Ah, see, he's one of the Messi people. Yes. Uh, they play for uh, La Barca. 
which is uh, Barcelona. Uh, they're one of the most storied teams in all of soccer. Um, but he is leaving his La Barca to join PSG, which is Paris Saint-Germain. Um, the reason why it is uh, such a huge global phenomenon um, is not only the fact that he's leaving. It's like LeBron James leaving, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Heat. Um, but also that uh, it's one of the world's largest sports deals. 450 million pounds he's getting for five years. That means he's basically getting 100 plus million dollars a year to play soccer. But, oh goodness. A hundred and plus million dollars a year. As a matter of fact, in U.S. dollars, it comes out to be like six hundred eighty-seven million dollars. That's just his deal. So you know, we talk about football and we talk about basketball, how big those sports are. Globally, soccer is still kingdom. I mean, king. Well, yeah, because globally, soccer is played globally. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, it I, is. That, every that, country. That, yeah, that was a joke, but also not a joke. Cause like that's that's absolute facts. That's why. Yeah, you gonna make a lot of money playing a game that's played everywhere. It's like, what do you play? Well, I play American football. All right, cool. That's cute. I play football. There's no there's no qualifier in front of that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> you know, football. Yes. So that's Neymar. That's who he is. All right. Well, well, I I did not know that. So thank you for enlightening me about Neymar and all these other one name. Uh, footballers, uh, Patrick. Now, obviously, when I say this, it's gonna sound like it's something standard, but obviously, it's not going to be because it's me. Mm-hmm. What's a body count? Body count, you know, like it's, you know, it's when they count bodies. Cool. And like, you know, it's like they look around uh-huh. <laughs> in a sea of people. <laughs> and they're like, hey, look how many bodies are there, man. A lot of bodies. Okay, so body count for me, and I know this isn't the case, like, I think of when it's, like, there's been a, like, a, it's in the military, it's, like, been a battle, and there's people lay spewing all over the floor, they're like, oh, what's the body count, right? Yeah. I've, I've heard that reference. Absolutely. That's a common, yes. you know, yes. uh, phrasing. And obviously, that phrasing is not what I'm referring to. Right. Yes. I'm just going to take a... Uh, uh, shot in the dark. A do shot it. in the dark. It has to do with the amount of people you slept with. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. The I'm body count. so proud of you. That's exactly what it is. So I've been listening to a lot more hip hop and urban stuff, but I, I got that one. That's a body count. I'm so mad at you. I'm not, I, I got to step it up now. Ding, 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 ding. You killed it with that one. That was yeah, nice. I just slayed it. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. Good, nice. I like All it. All right. I like it. Can we just move on? Because that was such a great, like, boom. I think so. There's no more you can do with that. I can't, I can't get past it. Let's keep it moving. Let's go ahead and move into that dirty pop. Dirty pop, So we kept our promise. We did to each other. To each other that... You would go with me. I would go with you to go watch Baby Driver. Yes, you watched a driver who was an infant. <laughs> it's kind of a weird movie at first because it's yes. kind of hard for him to see over the steering wheel. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, what's going yeah. on? He had a little, the little. Uh, he was wearing stilts to to press the gas. It was all yeah. the whole thing was weird. Out of context, you think it'd be like a cartoon, like an animation. Exactly, <laughs> but they they went ahead and went with that infant. They said, Let's, we're going ahead and going hard with it. CGI could do so much. They they really it really can. Um, but so we saw Baby Driver, yes. and it's not about an infant driving. It's not. Um, it's about a. It's it's kind of a uh, a movie about a heist, bank heist, and and, and you know, driving and driving like, and really cool like practical effects, like the 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 the, the chases that were happening, like the car chases that were happening. Those chases were all done practically, and when it's done practically, you feel that visceral, like the the danger of what could potentially take place, like. 
nowadays Fast and Furious movies are doing more practical stuff. But back in the day, when they're doing a whole bunch of CGI car driving, it's like, who cares? Like, this is all obviously fake. I'm not feeling it. That's the reason why that uh, more recent Mad Max movie did so well. When you have a situation where the actors and actresses who are doing this for you, unfortunately, we are kind of bloodless people. And so we want, like, they could potentially get hurt. Like, it gets us more engaged in it. And that's the kind of thing that Baby Driver kind of did. Like, this these stunts are cool and they're also being really done, you know? Yeah. I mean, a part, part of the movie without giving it away, um, is that when, when the guy's driving around, um, and they show this shot of when he's doing kind of like a spin turn or, or he's going really hard. He does like a, he pulls up the e-brake and the car spins into this turn. Like they show the wheel locking up and how the tire is able to, the brakes are so good that it locks up the tire and it allows him to angle out into the turn mm. and just getting that shot and being able to see it. I've, I've seen a you know a lot of car movies and chases and stuff, but the fact that you saw that it was it was awesome because it got to make you feel like this car is really I mean it's really going it's really doing these things exactly that was the most incredible part about it it was a really good movie like it's it's like it has so many twists and turns so not only you have twists and turns as far as the driving aspect of it and all the things are happening when the chases are taking place but also the movie in and of itself what happens with the characters and what happens with their motivations all those things are additional twists and turns that you have to be like it's you can't even describe it it's just it's a great movie go watch it yeah it's doing very very well it's funny because this is like edgar wright um the guy who also made scott pilgrim which we also watched together don't know oh, if you knew yeah. this uh he is actually thinking that potentially because he never does sequels that if he were to do a sequel he might think about this if there's another place to take the story but you know that's it neither here nor there but like like the, the the studio's like man this is like one of your best as far as how well it did one of your best movies like do you want to do a sequel and he's like ah we'll think about it i mean like john ham's in it yes um jamie fox is in it jamie fox kevin, Sp- kevin spacey's Spacey. in it um this one hot chick i don't know who her name is you Whatever have now just devolved her to just uh, a hot chick instead <laughs> yeah, of actually saying chick. she looks like i said she looks like megan fox and you said she looked not looking nothing like megan fox yeah, cause i don't think megan fox is attractive that's why megan fox look alike was in it and i don't know who the main driver is but what's who's this Ansel dude Edgar or something like that. He's Ansel, awesome. Yeah, some German dude or yeah. some guy who came from Germany. So, um, great movie. Watch yes. it. Yes. Still in theaters. Check it out. Take a look at it. Um, Jelani, have you ever wanted to be like a uh, like a police officer, but like like to guard against you know aliens in space? No. Like, you ever thought about like being like you know like you know saving the Earth against aliens? Unless it was in a video game, no. Well, NASA has a job that they put out for folks. There's a job application out. To save us from aliens? Yes, they are hiring. Men in a, black? A, yes, a men in black. If you want to be a men in black. That's actually what I should use as an example. Do you, you want This is a that. true MIB. This is what it is. NASA is hiring a planetary protection officer, as reported by Business Insider. Um, it, this is supposed to be fake news, real news. Planetary officers? Yeah. So it, it pays uh, about 180000 a year. I've changed my mind. I now want to do it. Okay. Um, it's actually created um, after the signing of the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. It's actually a bunch of countries. Um, planet protection officers are tasked with making sure humans don't contaminate planets, moons, and other space and objects. That's actually what they do. Um, but they're also... Okay, this is the funny part. They're also supposed to help prevent any alien microbes from spreading to Earth. Okay. Um, but the concerns at NASA's headquarters are quite literally that extraterrestrials 
um, which is why the space agency is now uh, has a job opening for the planetary protection officers. So they are literally afraid of like, you know, aliens coming down to the earth. Okay. Um, in matter of fact, the job description does say it's to help defend earth from alien contamination and to help avoid contaminating alien worlds as it's trying to explore. The salary figure is anywhere between 125000 to about 187000 but plus benefits. Okay. Right? So that's important. Here's the thing. <laughs> it sounds like you're paying somebody a whole lot of money to do nothing. <laughs> this is why I said I wanted to be on board. Like, yeah. You just are like looking up. You got to create up like little little spreadsheets and shit. Like, yeah, this week, still no aliens, but I'm on the case. Well, <laughs> just in case it happens, I'm ready and willing to make it happen. So, so, so this was told by NASA recently. This new job is a result of relocating the position um, that's currently held at the Office of Safety and Mission Assurance at NASA, which is an independent technical authority within NASA. Um, they said that, uh, here, here's quoted from the actual treaty, the Outer Space Treaty in, of 1967. It's actually Article 9. State parties to the treaty shall pursue studies of outer space, including the moon and other celestial bodies, and conduct exploration of them as to avoid their harmful contamination and also adverse changes in the environment of the Earth resulting from the introduction of extraterrestrial matter and where necessary shall adopt appropriate measures for this purpose. Did you know this sounds like we could launch Star Trek? Yes. That they that this is the beginning of Star Trek. To boldly go where no man has gone before. <laughs> boldly. So MIB, Men in Black, it's happening. All right. Apply if you'd like the job. Apparently. Here's my thing. I'm wondering, like, we survived all this time without this job being necessary, but somehow now, because we have technology where we could potentially do the job, now we need the job. That's weird. That's something that's funny. Hey, you got to so, Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Someone's <laughs> got to do it. It's got to happen. So you want to know what else someone's doing something crazy? Who, who? Elon Musk. You know Elon, that crazy guy? He's not crazy. He's just, he he, he just smarter than everyone else in the room. Tesla. Yes. SpaceX. Okay. You know what he wants to do? He actually wants to create a what he's building got approval for is what they call a Hyperloop Underground. John, do you know what a Hyperloop Underground is? It is a um, way better hula hoop <laughs> that is created <laughs> underground. It has underground purposes. So this hula hoop, I mean, <laughs> not this Hyperloop. What? Okay. I was right, obviously. This Hyperloop is actually a supersonic underground mode of transportation. All right. That he actually proposed this back in 2012. Um, it would help be able to travel, uh, help people travel between two major cities within like minutes of each other. Like from Philadelphia to Baltimore, like 30 minutes. But avoiding Missouri, because you know we can't go there. Right. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know if you even go through. I just need the part to put the joke in. <laughs> so the plan is to build an underground network, including as many as 30 levels of tunnels and cars and high-speed trains. Hmm. That's actually really dope. He wants you to build, and he's got approval to start building it. That's, so, I, can't, I can't lie. That's kind of cool. Underground tunnels, Elon Musk. All right. I'm on board, Elon. Are we going to have our faces ripped off by the speed of that thing, though? That's what I'm really concerned about. I don't know. I, I, I mean, they have underground. T- I mean, when they have the uh, like European train that goes underneath from like, it's like the Euro train. It goes underneath water. See, all the stuff. Because so, Elon Musk says, why do we continue need to build higher and higher if we can just burrow? There's so much opportunity to burrow. Why are we burrowing? Just go underneath. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the company that's building is called the, Bo- the Boring Company. 
Why can't well that does not sound good. Sound like a no, not like that's like an uninteresting company. Like, Literally, you know, I know, like, but the like, uninteresting company. But it's the other boring. Like it's boring. I know what you meant, but still, <laughs> if you say that, oh, I'm part of the boring company, it's like that's sad for you. Yeah. Would you have expectations called the happy company? People should be happy. They just call it the mole men. Just call it that. At least I would know what you're talking about immediately. That's a good point. They yeah. probably all call mole men. Yeah, something like that. Whew. Anyway, so that's out of the way. We are, we are speeding through we're this episode. Just wrapping through. Just, uh, 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 uh. All right, let's go ahead and finish <laughs> off. Let's get into that soapbox. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. All right, so this is this is not like the worst thing in the world, but it's something that yes. but it was something that happened to be brought up while listening to another podcast. I listened to Hannibal Burris. He has a podcast called okay. The Handsome Rambler. Okay. Very good podcast. And I think I may have mentioned this before on the podcast, possibly, but he was talking about wrestling. On the podcast, uh, he was explaining, to, and The Rock called him out on the thing he mentioned because he gave him a shout out. Basically, because The Rock was like, he was, Hannibal Burris was like, The Rock was always a really good sell. So a sell is when you basically are acting like you're getting hurt by a yes. move performed on you in wrestling. And you know when you sell really well, you make certain moves look even more powerful and devastating than you're before. supposed to do that. Exactly, that's part of the whole show. Anyway, when he was going back and forth with. His co his co host, he was talking to them, and the co host was like, "I mean, but is that do you think that's cool? Like for a, like a grown man be still watching wrestling? He's like, how old would you be when you don't think you should watch wrestling? And Hannibal Burr still watches wrestling, but he's not super duper into. But he's gone to shows as recently as last year, like three or four shows. He went recently as last year, and he kept saying, just let him do whatever he wants. Like let people enjoy what they enjoy. He's like, but you know, like we're sixty five years old. He's like, okay, and I was like. Let people enjoy what they enjoy. And so my soapbox, the fact is like, yes, let people enjoy what they enjoy. Like, how are you going to tell somebody when they can't watch something that they enjoy? <laughs> how are you going to put an age limit on something? It's like, it's not like, like, let's once again, for this particular situation, erase any type of semblance of people believing that it's real. And that's not what it's about. Yes. It's entertainment. When you watch a cartoon or when you watch a movie, like, no one's like, well, those actors are in danger. And I've talked about this before. Like, let people enjoy what they enjoy. It's not hurting anyone. If it right. puts a smile on my face, I can be 80, 100 years old and still go watch the football, the freaking wrestling. It, it won't be a problem yeah. for you. It's entertainment. That's all it is. It's entertainment. It's like, but I think people get judgy because it's like the, uh, it's like the Harry Potter thing, right? Or like Game of Thrones thing or uh-huh. Lord of the Rings thing, right? If it sounds like it should be in the genre of middle, uh, of like middle school teenagers. Mm-hmm. Or, or somewhere in that realm, and it's gone beyond, beyond the point of, like, refinement or sophistication. People just go, you know what? Like, you're too old for that. You know, th- those are childish things. You know, so if you get, like, a 40-year-old man um, playing Dungeons & Dragons or, you know, playing um, Pokemon or something, that looks a bit weird. But it's entertainment. People like it. Do what you're going to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so nothing big. I I don't have anything really big, but it just uh I just want to talk about this because it affected me over the last week that I think I need to reiterate that uh people who work in the healthcare industry in in the healthcare field caring for people mm-hmm. in any capacity um should have a higher tolerance of um care and approach to patients. Okay. That makes all it's the sense. almost common sense. Yes. It's almost like if you're dealing with people who are already sick, you should be nicer to them. 
Yeah, yeah. So this is just my, I'm almost preaching to the choir, 90% of people, but I will share with you a not positive experience I had. Um, so I went to the doctor recently and I have this medical issue that causes me to not be able to walk. Yes. And it's very painful mm-hmm. and it hurts quite mm-hmm. a bit. Well, I went up to the front desk to check in because um, I had told my doctor that I was going to pop in because they wanted to do some tests when I had a flare up. Well, this nurse, this front desk receptionist has always been a bitch. She's like the nurse Cratchit, but she's not a nurse. She's a front desk person. Uh-huh. And I was standing there and she was, she knew I was in pain and I asked if I can go sit down and she said, no, no, no. I need you to stay here so you can pay your copay. And I said, I know, but, but you know, can I sit down and can, you know, can we take care of it afterwards? And she goes, no, 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 no. We're almost done. And I said, I need to know because I am in pain. I am hurting right now. And I said it so loud that the other like admins heard it and they all kind of like, I heard, I heard like a gasp. And, and I said, look, I said, like this paperwork, can we, can't we do it afterwards? Like I just need to know because it's hard for me to continue to stand here. And, and then right after I raised my voice and I put that bass in it, she like immediately changed her tone. Was like, oh, sir. Yeah, because you, you know, thought she's like, oh, I'm I, running I, shit. I need you I'm to running do X, shit, Y, bitch. and Z. Like, what nah, the hell are you talking bitch, about? Bitch, I am hurting. Yeah. Okay, like I have a right to be pissed off or uncomfortable, particularly if you're exasperating the situation. So, uh, but immediately I felt that kind of like maybe that asshole moment. Mm. Um, so they're like, no, 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 sir, we'll take you right now. And so they started walking me to the back and then they were transferring to another nurse. And this other nurse though... She came out the corner and was like, hi, Mr. Patrick, how you doing? And was super nice and was fucking beaming. But mm. I wanted to punch somebody in the face. Because you still had it. I saw that fucking anger. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was going to be like, oh, my God, you fucking, I want to punch you. You know, like, <laughs> but I don't want this. She's all rainbows and She's clouds. fucking rainbows and fucking unicorns and beaming. And she's like, how are you doing today? You making all this? And she was like, but I got to tell you, she, um, she had me changing my mood. Uh, I felt the fucking mood change. By the time I show, she had me go on the scale and do all the other bullshit they make you do before you see the doctor. Like I was sitting there, like on the when we got to the doctor's room, and I was like, "Fuck, this girl's like making me feel so much better." That before she was about to leave, I said, "Hey, look, um, I just want to let you know, like I was a bit abrupt with some of the front office staff. Like, you know, I even put some bass in my voice because I was hurting in pain, and you know, I she just kept making me making me stand, and then the nurse goes, you know what, honey, they are in the wrong. Like, I gotta be honest with you, we work in the healthcare field. I I don't work at um, Williams and Sonoma. You know, I don't work at a spa. I work at a place where people are sick, and we gotta have more patience with that. We gotta be patient with our patients. And I was like, thank you. She's like, I want to apologize on behalf of her. Okay, I'm sorry for that. You are in pain, sir, clearly. And I said, well, thank you. She's like, so you take care, sweet. I'll see you in a little bit. And that changed my fucking tone. So the reason why I bring this up was because the appreciation for nurses to be, you know, helpful and to be kinder, like, yes, but also that you can really impact somebody who's already feeling really bad and sick. You have that ability to completely impact them because when people are sick, they just want to be cared for and have some sort of empathy and you can really change a person's day. So Absolutely. And the thing about it is like if I'm not mistaken, and I know that it's easy to become jaded with any job, but I think that the reason why you got into the field was to be helpful. 
Like, if you got into the field of yeah. nurse or medical field at all, like, the whole thing is you're helping people. Because not a job that people just don't want to do arbitrarily. Like, yeah. I'll, just, I'll just be a nurse. You're like, no, you're helping people. Yeah, if you don't want to be in the business of helping ill people, don't be in the medical field. Yeah, because that's all in they do. In any capacity. That's all they do. In any capacity. Because all they do. you touch people in all different ways. Yeah. You know, like, when you first meet them at the front desk, to when you're checking their stats, mm-hmm. to when the doc you're helping them. Whatever you're doing in the medical yeah. field, you are impacting that person. These people are ill. If you don't want to deal with ill people, or because ill people are the like the worst people to deal with. Yeah, because they're ill. Because they're ill. (laughs) So anyway, that's my rant. Just just a just a message to all our medical workers out there. You can make a big difference in our lives. Um, so keep up the good work and don't be a cratchety cratch. Because I gotta put my bass in my voice. Don't don't be cratchety because he'll he'll bring out the bass. No one wants to see that. No one wants to see that because it's sad because it didn't have that much bass. So it's sad whenever he tries. All right. Well, Patrick was. Was that the black tie affair? I said black tie affair. Fantastic. Once again, folks, we love every one of you guys who are listening, who are um, uh, dealing with our Instagram, who are emailing us. All those different interactions we definitely appreciate. We're always trying to get back to you. We appreciate all the love. We appreciate when you guys retweet us. We appreciate when you guys rate us five stars so we get even more out there into the ether so even more people can listen to us. We definitely, definitely appreciate that. How'd you get anything else to say to these people? Nope. Peace out. See you Later, next week. Later, everybody.